What is up, everyone? Welcome to the show. <laughs> I was just testing the sound levels, but、um, to make sure that I'm actually not gonna get you guys、uh, hearing any of the wind, I'm trying something new. I usually carry around with me this、uh, microfiber cloth. Um, just to kind of, I'm one of those people. It's like gotta wipe down the screen, kind of thing. And I'm always like, give me your phone, I'll wipe down the screen for you.、Um, and so, if I can wrap up the microphone and this thing sounds half decent, then we're in business for podcasts on the way home from work, etc. So we'll see how this one goes. Hopefully, it goes well.、Um, but anyway, folks, welcome to episode two hundred and forty-one. Right? Oh, sorry. Is that two hundred fifty-one? Oh, wow. I'm losing track. <laughs> I think it's two hundred forty-one、um, of the main show and episode three of the MonsterVerse podcast.、Um, I just had a gigantic MonsterVerse day over at work because I had my little browser pulled up, and you know, between working on some documents、uh, for work. I was just catching up on some of the literature out there, and there's fortunately quite a few ways that、um, you can、uh, read some of these books, like *The Birth of Kong*, for example, and、um, *Godzilla Aftershock*. So I read *Godzilla Aftershock* back to front. God, I fucking loved it, and I'm starting to read *Birth of Kong*. And overwhelmingly, as I'm reading *Birth of Kong*. I just keep this refrain in my mind. It's like I've seen this movie, as in like I'm seeing it now as I'm watching it, you know. So one thing there was a criticism about、um, uh, the Godzilla aftershock、uh, that it was just sort of a rehash of the the Muto thing. I think that this world is not to get soapboxy or crotchety old man waving my cane or whatever, but I think there's a complete、um, void of、uh, of gratitude. <laughs> and a sense of appreciation、uh, for the hard work that goes into creative endeavors, especially something as unified and hype-building and just like really just perfectly beautifully executed、um, as the MonsterVerse, you know. And Gareth Edwards had so much on his shoulders. I think he pulled it off completely beautifully. I also love the little tiny dip of irony—not irony, but、uh, well, whatever you'd call it—the fact that the American Western Godzilla. Had this、uh, kind of British boy <laughs> sort of lead the charge with it, with that sensibility. Obviously, an American production, American stars, and everything.、Um, but there you go. I love that, and it's just because he's just、uh, like each film is that person. So, Godzilla 2014 is Gareth Edwards. It's understated. The man, he's an introvert. You know, there's a there's something、um, definitely a very cinematic quality. There's a there's something yeah, and and this is what.、Um, He was doing with、uh, with Rogue One. There's a sense to Rogue One of it being、um, uh, just muted, and and that's great. And he's like, that's the thing that an introvert kind of conjures. You know, it's like, oh, it's muted. That's cool. You know, and muto muted. <laughs> I don't know, maybe <laughs> if that was in the subconscious somewhere, but、um, it worked perfectly as as this awakening.、Um, I actually have Godzilla Awakening at home. I should probably read that.、Um, But、uh, yeah, I'm diving full, full-on, earnestly in, leading up to Godzilla vs Kong. Obviously, I can't help it.、Uh, I spoke recently about the Pokemon reveal, just really shedding away these ever encroaching layers of、uh, adult jadedness. <laughs> and、um, 
and it's been yeah it was a blast like i felt like i just came out of a double feature i mean obviously i'm still in the middle of um kong uh the birth of kong which i love so much and i just want to say um the author um his, his name starts with his or her name or their name starts with an a <laughs> i will eventually like have it blasted into my brain because this is just incredible and uh, when i do some stuff for the bloodborne podcast i'll be um uh you know going through all of those novels uh, sorry the graphic novels you know the comics basically and um and and in a similar way i'm going to pass through that obviously i don't have it in front of me now down the line when i just can stretch out the schedule a little bit and, and make a bit more time maybe work from home a little bit so i can um record a bit easier i just have the microphone and everything set up but especially with birth of kong i just got this sense of especially with the cinematography of the framing of these um you know serialized art i think danica said that from uh, comic book girl 19 um there's that sort of uh, scholarly term for for comic books serialized art i love it i love it so much and it's so immersive and and um i had a giant uh, mignola fest which we have the mignola podcast too we're gonna dive headlong into that over the years um and wow it, it, it especially with um godzilla versus kong looming everything is falling into place lore wise when i'm uh you know seeing houston come back up from godzilla sorry from kong skull island you know seeing him appear in some of these prequel or interquel you know uh um, entries and I'm, I'm really looking forward to like laying out the whole timeline of like hey if you want to like bone up on on monsterverse here you go boom earliest canon documents recorded you know i'm actually in the uh, uh in the place in birth of kong where um uh, richie i think his name is Riccio. um he seems italian he is uh in the middle of like having these visions you know as they're going through being led by the iwi um and yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, I was also re-listening back to um, just episode one of, of, of uh, this one, you know, the Dream Games and how I sort of started out talking about um, Peter Jackson's Kong. And what's, what's happening now is that because I love them both so much, Godzilla and Kong, I haven't actually picked my winner. <laughs> I think I may have seen a leak at one point that says that one of them wins, but who knows, actually, I'm not sure because again there's fake leaks and stuff and i'm now i've been so far i've been far enough away from them that it is back into a question mark you know i won't say who it was uh or which of them it was but uh but so far yeah i mean i'm just thankfully i have this um uh the multiple sub outlets where i'm just always being and i'm blissfully so like pulled in all these different directions right um that uh, i can actually very easily sidestep spoilers and i i'm often diving into sort of past works as well but monsterverse i want to say is just one of those works contemporary unified works that i just have unending love and patience and appreciation for because through all the naysaying and all that they just forge through like thomas tull had this uh with gareth edwards you know they, they shaped this very defined and easy to understand body of work um excuse me random sunlight sneeze you know how the sun when it hits you and you're just gonna sneeze yeah um yeah the, and it just felt everything is so consistent there's a certain set number of entries of uh 
graphic novels, and I, I really hope it actually stays that way. There's some rumors, obviously, coming off of the recent Adam Wingard uh, conversations with IGN about, uh, uh, not rumors, but just, you know, buzz about continuing the MonsterVerse cinematic uh, entries, you know, post Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, very likely the next episode we may be speaking well not the next one I, I think there's going to be quite a few leading up to it and the, I keep forgetting it's like the the double effect of hype is it makes time go by faster because you're diving into all this material and you're catching up and you're getting excited and, and like the, the time flies when you're reading up on all this stuff um, and then you know crafting theories in your mind or whatever and yet time also weirdly behaves in a way where it's like oh it's it feels like it's grinding and you oh it's like counting down yet another day until you know the release and i just want to say there is something so transcendent about godzilla versus kong like that premise there's something so like if you haven't even tuned into monsterverse at all it's a lizard and an ape <laughs> there are two animals clashing right and two from different uh um, family trees in, in the animal kingdom you know the, the reptiles and the mammals and you you, I'll, <laughs> you can count on how there's going to be some write-ups probably from me <laughs> about how symbolically that is uh, you know mammalian brain versus uh, reptile brain um, there's a whole kind of branch of um, discussion about uh, the reptile cold cold-blooded brain versus the warm-blooded um you know sensibilities and uh you know god's um sorry mastodon's blood mountain record actually talks about uh, the lizard brain and the, the reptile brain and how um you know there's a which is interesting can i say like here's a little sub note ready you ready for this so brand daler of mastodon who i've spoken with uh, his uh, friend uh, skinner who did the artwork for once more around the sun here's a here's a cool connection so when he was in the middle of um preparing for or recording well leading up to recording around about then 2005-ish um uh Blood Mountain which is to this day my favorite I love them all individually like unto themselves but Blood Mountain will always be it seems as though it'll always be my favorite because that was my first Mastodon record uh Cavalier and Crest my first Mastodon song when he um when Bran was um recording it he actually uh, he got the inspiration for the opening drums of Crystal Skull from watching uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong in the cinemas. You can look this up in his interviews at the time. And I find that so cool <laughs> that uh, later then you would have things like like literal reptile skulls and like the ideas of skulls and um, reptiles and mountains. And it's, it's just, and now I know that Kong's iwi name is the mountain that thundered you know, like that beautiful evocative name. I have to still have to memorize it, but uh, uh, the mountain that roared thunder or something. It's just, and so there's this weird kind of connection that exists between the two. And um, obviously Beards and Kong are, <laughs> are unified, obviously through Jordan Ver Roberts, but uh, Mastodon is a very beardy band. And um, <laughs> I love the kind of like very subtle connective DNA uh, of, uh, of, yeah, me really immersing into it for the first time through like I King Kong and like Monsterverse-esque engagement with kind of kaiju level like it was really in 1999 in Italy I have some vague memories of really enjoying that film with the I was obviously 
blissfully unaware of all the criticism. I remember very vividly uh, seeing the poster, the green, everything was green in 1998. These posters and energy drinks and all of that advertisement for the 98 film. And yeah, it was a long time until uh, I started hearing all of this... um, is caterwauling a word I can use? Like, that's complaining. I think it's like loud noise making. But, um, but no, yeah, like, it's cool. Like, I, I, I enjoy, again, that film for what it is. I actually really love this, this um, YouTuber. His name is, um, I think, Space Dragon or something. And uh, he does these lovely little uh, conversations with, um, oh, I better run. Hey, one day you're going to get a beep on one of these ones. <laughs> from me running across the road. I, I actually wait until the light does its thing most most of the time. You don't want to be running. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I actually had a conscious moment a couple of months ago where I was like, I am just not going to run. Uh, whenever it's like a red light, um, sometimes the pedestrian will be like, fuck it, like no one's moving, so they'll run. That I don't do, but this is some, um, there was no light in place and I just kind of skipped across the road. Anyway, that's just of the circumstance to paint the sort of mind's eye picture of where I'm recording um, so there's a little bit of a kind of connections for you there just vibe, vibing it out between some of my you'd think tangentially connected but no they're very, pretty intimately connected um, you know uh, Brent he's a big fan of uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon you know and um, you know uh director of a huge legendary kaiju film literally they're called kaijus in the film pacific rim he essentially did like a soft remake of it in this beautiful way obviously i'm talking about shape of water so again this very subtle beautiful pleasant like oh kind of you kind of have these moments of like that's that's nice how they're connected that way you know (laughs) nothing to base like a giant thesis or essay on but it's just nice little subtle connections you know but anyway, as I take you into, because uh, we're heading to the car now, um, and I'll still continue recording while I'm driving, it's fine. I'll just have to find a way to keep the thing up to my face. We're going we're gonna to crack this thing, folks. We're going to find some kind of cool rig. And I think society also is going to help this along, because uh, there's, there's something lovely about being able to fit in like a lovely podcast recording on the way home. It's like catching up with old friends and that's who all of you are whoever's tuning into this one and enjoying it so giant hug to you from Canberra yeah um I'm just gonna jump into something that just flashed into my mind these red skull crawlers uh which I just found out in Italian because I'm I'm bilingual Italian I spent a couple years there as I think I mentioned uh yeah weirdly my earliest interactions with like Godzilla um it was probably the 98 film and I know that might be blasphemous but hey I guess I didn't have too much choice. If you want to be super duper like, oh, all the way back, it's like Reptar from the Rugrats was my absolute first when I was like a super munchkin. So all of these versions, and that's why, believe me, when I saw the 2014 version, I was like, this is it. And Gareth's, which I now use, this beautiful sentiment he expresses, like for me, I wanted to create the creature that exists, that's real that someone in 1950s saw and then made a suit about him. I want to create the original, the OG. And for me, he is the OGG, you know? So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, uh, that, uh, kind of, that was my, my first few interactions, I guess. I don't think I'd covered that earlier. Um, hello. Yeah, lovely wildlife. Hey, what's up? Dogs are great. 
um, yeah, oh my god, those, you know, they're from the Canidae family, those um, freaky death jackals. Damn. I have to do a gigantic dive at some point um, into the. Um, I like to, whenever I come across one of those little wish making things, I always have to like pause and <laughs> do the thing, like, hey, send a wish into the universe. Anyway. Death Jackal's incredible. Psycho Vulture's incredible. Um, you know, I I really really like uh, the, um, the the diversity that they've managed to. You know, I thought that the Weta universe was was huge. That they that they did this. You know? It's crazy. Um, but actually, they took a completely different approach, and uh, it actually really worked out. You know, it's actually super distinctive and it's even got its own palette you know more in sort of the browns and stuff and yeah instead of in the sort of sodden kind of dark kind of stuff and um which is what the uh the weta skull island was which scared the fuck out of me you know the, now that we had a few civilians just normal people hanging out next to the car didn't want to bust the f-bomb on them Although I only just realized I wanted to use it because Jesus Lumpy, that death. Oh my Lord. The death of Lumpy. One of the freakiest fucking things ever committed to cinema. Seriously. Absolutely fucking. Death penises, you know. Penis dentata, right? Um, my goodness and uh, but also yeah Tony Kebble again I want to say this this amazing connection between the Planet of the Apes stuff um, and uh, you know you got Tony Kebble playing Koba who, who plays Kong I think he did some motion capture off of his experiences with Andy Serkis so and he was Kong so oh, I just love connections man it's just fucking cool but right so the Red Skull Crawler okay come come with me on my tangent filled journey of existence I am so intrigued by that. Uh, it's like, uh, it reminds me of in, you know, in Legend of Zelda, they have the different kind of colored lizards. They are totally Dodongos. <laughs> I wonder if Jordan Burr Roberts has actually touched on that. That uh, Skullcrawlers are straight up Dodongos. Obviously they have that 1933 connection. Um, there was uh, an aspect I think also of, um, uh, you know, yeah, lizards, because they're just so alien. They're so foreign. They're sort of aliens on earth compared to yeah, the terrestrial versus the solar versus the cosmic, unknowable. That's why a lot of um, uh, creatures, you know, in alien films and stuff, they sort of resemble serpents and snakes and cephaloids. And so there's a, a clear distinction between like hot-blooded and cold-blooded, you know. And I think there's just going to be something immensely primal, especially cathartically speaking, you know. Uh, after 2020 that people are just gonna come to this film and just fucking watch it and fucking be like and apparently you know junkie xl saying this stuff about the 18 minute fight sequence are you fucking kidding me like i did read somewhere there was like a little disclaimer like hey you know it's just that's the entire sequence maybe the battle itself isn't 18 and but no like try and tell that to the headline makers no 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 this is officially at least until we see it and then people are gonna 2021-tastically, again, this era of <laughs> outrage, you know, insta-triggered outrage, um, and believe me, there's a lot of warranted outrage, but there's a lot of unwarranted outrage out there, and one thing would be is if people are like, well, instead of an 18-minute fight, I got a, uh, 
a seven or an eight minute fight believe me if it's an 18 minute sequence that fight's an extended fucking fight right so that'll be really fascinating again that's just the primal level of just seeing these creatures strike each other I'm sure I'm gonna at some point be doing some dives into some of the philia behind it uh, which is that Latin phrase for like things that people love so people are like florophilia so people who love flowers or whatever I guess and then there's the phobias obviously so the things often that are the most timeless in our lives as humans are simultaneously things we love and fear because that's a an eternal fluctuation that we just we just sort of stand there in awe of it and we are obviously so so drawn to the ocean for example and yet so so frightened by it because it's a, because it's the ocean so it's this eternal element in our lives uh, as humans and culture and obviously the fact that Godzilla coming from the ocean uh, as this ancestor it's also going to be a way of there's going to be people reading into it of like the older ways versus the newer ways the more evolved ways um, being cold versus being warm being communicative versus being silent and there's that versus is just my lord you know uh, and I think on that level, because of that primality, like obviously superheroes super duper predate, um, uh, sorry, animals, these visages, these, I mean, it's thousands and thousands of years for us, obviously millions of years in terms of evolution, but they've been in our subconscious longer than superheroes, you know? And I think Altiori, was it Altiori? Uh, no, it was um, Space Dragon, I think that's his name, who... Uh, who mentioned that he actually released a video about how he prefers the MonsterVerse over the MCU, and I overall do as well, absolutely, because of what it has to say, because of, for example, and as I'm reading these books, uh, the beautiful lines about let's go meet God, you know, that's a beautiful line from the, the birth of Carl, um, and then there's a line from Jonah Allen or Alan Jonah, uh, you know, man is monster you know <laughs> that's something that again you can branch off of talk about i think michael dirty did an incredible job with uh, um, tapping into godzilla's environmentalist themes um, so beautifully uh, oh god i have to really really fully watch that one for full disclosure because we're all friends here i have i went when i watched it i think i may have been extremely tired or exhausted from probably work or life or whatever I have only seen, get this, you're gonna freak out. I have the art book and everything. I've, I've read so much about it, um, but I've only seen the first 40 minutes uninterrupted of, of uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, up, up until after the, the um, Sally Hawkins' character's death, uh, perhaps it's tied into that now that I think about that, I don't know, because she's really cool. I resonate with her, especially after shape of water um uh i think i remember i th i just dozed off and and then i woke up and there was some explosions and then i woke up again and then it was basically over and it was just of the day that i just you know wasn't able to to stay awake for whatever reason but everything i've read about since and the amount of effort the concept art all of that it's just it's connected with me so much 1000% obviously uh, before going into Godzilla vs. Kong I'm going to fully watch it um, so that I can have that beautiful marathon experience and I think that's probably why I haven't actually dived in yet watching it fully again because I have thrown it on a few times still roughly around the, the Sally Hawkins character's death basically the beginning of Act 2 I just 
I tap out because I know that I want to see it on the big screen. I think that has to be it. I just feel like I was kind of robbed by that day when I was like super exhausted or whatever. Um, I have a weird history of all of the monster movie films, maybe apart from Kong Skull Island, of <laughs> of going into them with some some measure of exhaustion. So in 2014, I think me and my friend, uh, whose name starts with an R, uh, yeah, he's okay. We're like we're old childhood friends, but on that day, I don't know why. I think I was a bit drained from his like whatever I was getting some bad vibes off of him and that impacted a bit of 2014 obviously that and I think he was just a bit negativistic on it um, and then uh, yeah Godzilla, so Kong Skull Island it's because so I went alone <laughs> I had a bunch of snacks with me he was at the Monica Cinema where I watched Jesus like 20 years before I cannot believe I'm actually saying that I cannot fucking believe that so in 2000 and five or six or whatever you know i watched peter jackson's kong in in that exact theater and then in 2017 i'm there watching kong skull island so a beautiful resonance with that particular area of canberra for me you know monica with kong in particular um uh, but for Godzilla, that's always going to be the city. So I don't know if you guys do this, but I have weirdly like localized nostalgia. So it's like I'm I'm generally kind of a baseline level of nostalgia. I love the future. I love the present. That's going to be so rad. Random fact about technology: uh, in the next ten years, we're going to have these like Elon Musk slash whoever he's going to get together to build them. They're already building them. These amazing um, maglev, so magnetic levitation trains that will be able to basically tell them. It's going to be slow teleportation. So uh, a bus ride that would take normally eight hours to get me to Melbourne, it'll take 45 minutes. Like, so random little fact there. But so for me, uh, tangents, ahoy, here we go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, within the past couple of minutes we were discussing, um, localized memories, and so this for me is, um, yes, oh yeah, that's right, because I was saying about, uh, you know, um, I was saying about uh, nostalgia, and it's like, do I look too much into the past? Sure, like, I would say as a baseline, I, I, have a, I, I love the past, I think a lot of modern time, maybe this is just human nature, but uh, I think, you know, we've, we've just become a little bit too indulgent, I think the messages of the monsterverse are so, so important about letting technology get away from us and i think well let's just say there's an element spoilers five for, for godzilla versus kong i'm giving you a warning so skip forward maybe a minute or two five four three two one i think the mecha godzilla presence in godzilla versus kong is going to be a gigantic metaphor for us thinking we have it sorted is like, well, fuck it, we don't need nature, we'll just do holographic zoos, like, let everything die out, we'll create everything our own, like, that affront to God aspect is going to be integrated beautifully, um, affront to creation, affront to nature and evolution and the universe, you know, what came before, it's like, all of the monster verses I also love with God, with Jurassic Park is this sense of you need to respect what came before, uh, and also not, and just respect who you are as well, and, and what is, and uh, we are evolutionarily younger, you know, than um, uh, these ancient, ancient beings. And again, Godzilla and Kong, they are natural, they are anthropomorphic and lizardomorphic <laughs> um, natural disasters on two legs, you know. And 
They are an extrapolated form of the archetype of the furious, uncontainable beast, you know? Uh, that is just so instantly recognizable, so powerful, uh, operating on all kinds of unconscious levels. But as, as um, Gareth very beautifully put one time, he's like, I'm sure I'm so happy for everyone. You can just access this movie on like that super top level on the surface. It's just a bunch of characters hitting each other. That's fine. But if you want, there is absolutely primal depth there. There's psychological depth there, especially with Godzilla's origins with uh, his skin you know, being uh, muddled after the skin of uh, Hiroshima victims, you know, the, the charred, like, that's so sad, and, and, and that was incorporated as this, uh, also an aspect of rebellion to, to, to the filmmaking of Godzilla, because it was made in retaliation to the U.S.'s, uh, I think they had put some mandates on filmmakers that you couldn't make films about, like, especially not pro-Japanese films about the war, so they, uh, Godzilla kind of grew out of that, um, you know, the mother of invention, that's that's what restrictions do, and I, I think without restrictions, shit goes down, like, um, right? So, and you can extrapolate that out to, like, you know, Jurassic Park, it's like, well, where are the fences? Where are the, and the fences, you know, they are a dual symbol. One is the arrogance, I love that line, the arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control instead of the other way around. One of the best fucking lines ever put on cinema, you know, on celluloid or whatever. Um, and uh, there's a dual aspect to them because they represent our sense of like, you know what, let's keep our gates up and know that we are separate from nature. Um, but there's also, and so that's a respectful thing because it's like leave nature alone and keep the gate up. But also there's a folly to it of what are you doing? Like as if a fucking gate's going to make any difference. And Last of Us, which I also do the podcast, it's like it's, it highlights that folly. Uh, it's actually based on that book of, I think it's called Earth Without Us or The World Without Us. And yeah, in a couple of weeks, if people weren't maintaining pruning things, it would just get instantly reclaimed. Like, is our grasp civilization is so tenuous and so not <laughs> the dominant thing that you think about Emma Russell and people get angry at that aspect of it. But it's if you are radicalized enough and if you spend enough really sitting with that perspective of us being like a cancer and a you know a virus, then you'll have that that reckoning that idea of like hey how about i you know we we existed with them we praised them in those beautiful uh, phoenicia uh civilizations from um godzilla aftershock uh they had a weird sense of you know we we will live alongside it and again that is just an extrapolated metaphor i'm sorry for saying extrapolated a lot but it's like it's it's that sense of um uh allegory you know like the that coexistence is an allegory for how we be in the past we used to coexist with nature much more and that's why you know these creatures striding around um we used to coexist with them better and that's nature as well so so to to wrap things up on i guess on that theme is that um as we go along uh in our uh, adult lives which you've joined me on my lovely i didn't know that it was just going to be 30 minutes i thought we were going to have a bit longer on this one but um maybe i'll just record record a little bit earlier when i start leaving the the desk or whatever but um yeah uh coexistence folks like inner child can coexist with adult and even jaded adults sometimes like coexistence between i know it's maybe this pacifistic point of view or whatever and we are and i'm gonna get hyped and i at one point i will make my call i'll be like fuck it motherfucker's winning like this guy's winning or whatever i'll say it and i'll reveal it then and there um on the night i will be recording with my friend tom uh Brendan joined me for Tenet, which was on the Nolan podcast. You can find that there at some point. Um, 
but he'll be joining me for that one and we'll be in this actual car or the other car or whatever we will riff it out we'll we'll discuss everything but until then we are i'm just going to do little pocket pocket recordings um hopefully this one ended up sounding nice and you kind of enjoyed joining me on my uh trip from there from the office to, to home but folks it's been so rad and yeah coexistence even though we're lots of big versus signs it's obviously intriguing it's great to kind of oh you know wrestle fight whatever um but uh coexistence is is, is the motif of just longevity things is that's how the most beautiful things that have come come about have been able to they it's literally how anything around us exists is because of coexistence you know so at one point we were able to chill with whatever species were around us um although again some beautiful metaphors in godzilla aftershock about hey it's like you know the mitos aren't so different because you know they're you know an invasive species just like they just they don't pick a niche to exist in they they come and dominate and um spread their hives which is what humans have done and yeah behaviorally extracting ourselves out from that anthro experience like behaviorally objectively we are parasites like that's it's not a dig on us. It's not a negative. It's just what we are. Like we react like that and we sort of set ourselves up and we sort of harvest and create. So we don't peacefully coexist. Not anymore, at least. It used to be that way. And I love the iwi as well for that perspective. So basically, another thing is this coexistence with uh, everything else around us in terms of like the giant franchises or whatever. Guess what? I truly believe the MonsterVerse will be able to coexist with them. Uh, and we have so, so many worthwhile stories to tell. Like, I want to dive fully into the Iwi. Um, they seem so rad and kindred and some lessons there to be learned for sure. I would love to see, I don't know, James Cameron do something in the MonsterVerse. And then to flip that, see Jennifer Roberts maybe uh, do something like maybe direct the Avatar series or whatever. And I would love for Peter Jackson to come back, maybe do something MonsterVerse. So it's for me, it's all it's all getting started. There's no, there may be a sense of, I don't, maybe, I don't know, like the first four film chapters closing another beginning or whatever. Because this is a culmination of sorts with Kong and, and Godzilla facing off. But uh, Versus is fun. Coexistence is the way forward for sure you know and I, and again i'm i'm looking forward to many verses in the future but the thing if you're oscillating between the two what you just like between light and dark um you set things so that you you know you like like that um what is it the mellow not the mellotron the thing that you set the when you're playing piano it's like tick 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 it's like have it end on it's like oh versus fights those are all great but have it the default setting back to collaboration and and unity because it's just the and yeah coexistence so there you go Folks, it's been so rad. Be well, and until next time, bye for now.